We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Home Brew Review. joining us once again for another episode of the Homebrew Review. This week we will be tackling level 8 in the Horde of the Dragon Queen. Uh, for this week I am joined by Micah, Mike, Hope, and Virgil. If you guys would like to join the show, uh, join our Patreon account for just $2 a month and you are guaranteed a spot in the Chaos Plan. Uh, you'll get one introduction mission and at least one group mission. If you enjoy doing it, we'll get you in as many group missions as we're able to. If you have a group of D&D friends that all get together and want to do a game and want to bring that into my world and totally wreck it, uh, you're welcome to do that too for just $2 a month. Uh, very soon we will also be opening it up to people that would like to DM games in that world. I'm getting a little bit of a campaign setting put together, so if anybody wants to record their own type of game within the Chaos Plan, uh, they are more than welcome to. So we will go ahead and get started then. Uh, I believe, Virgil, you were first last time, so if you'd like to, you can go ahead and start again. Hey everyone, this is Virgil playing Cedric, the Azmir Oath of the Dragon's Guard Paladin. Uh, the level 4 game we did was uh, a pretty good test of the durability and utility of this class and race combination. Uh, being able to, at the very end, use uh, uh, my channel divinity to get that crit hit in uh, to do some pretty good damage uh, was really nice to have. Uh, I don't think I got to use Draconic Threat last time, which is okay. Maybe it'll get more used, uh, used more as this campaign continues. Not a whole lot... I didn't have a whole lot of skills to begin with, but now that we're hitting level 8, uh, I'm going to start getting some of the more tankier abilities, being able to take more damage, being able to deal more damage. Uh, the Paladin, of course, at level 5, gets the extra attack ability, uh, which is always a nice thing to have. At level 6, the Paladin gets the Aura of Protection, which is uh, one of the core abilities, I think, that makes a Paladin truly special in a, uh, in a party. Myself and out friendly creatures within 10 feet get the bonus to saving throws equal to my Charisma modifier, which is, uh, I believe I maxed it out. Let me look at my thing real quick. Not quite. I have an 18 in my Charisma, so everyone gets a plus 4 in their saving throws if they're near me. Uh, that's always nice to have. Uh, at level 7, I get my... Uh, uh, my Oath ability, or one of my Oath abilities. This one is a little unique. Usually, uh, Oath abilities uh, have to do with the Charisma modifier or something like that. This one is Aura of Elemental Resistance. Beginning at 7th level, uh, Draconic Power emanates from me. My self and friendly creatures within 10 feet have resistance to elemental damage. It doesn't say what elemental damage is, so uh, I'm going to base it off of the Elemental Adept, which is a feat in the player's handbook. 
They list elemental damage as acid, cold, fire, lightning, and thunder damage. So basically myself and all allies now have resistance to all those, uh, plus being an Azmir, I have resistance to Radiance and Necrotic. So uh, I'm starting to build up a resistance and could essentially, minus the uh, slashing, piercing, and bludgeoning, put up a fight with a uh, totem barbarian, uh, totem bear barbarian, uh, with all the resistances they get. Uh, a 15th level, I'll have even more. But for now, I think just being able to have those resistances is going to make this character a much more tanky, much more upfront style of character. And I'm looking forward to see what happens. That's awesome. And right now, you uh, said that's within your aura for the resistance, so that's 10 feet, correct? Correct. 10 feet. Awesome. Hey, everyone. It's Hope. I'm playing Hazel the Half-Elf Princess. Last game, I thought it played really well. There were a lot of uh, a lot of the tribute with the Princess class that I felt were particularly helpful. Uh, some of the princess traits that came in handy was definitely the Inspiring Call, which allows a D4 to be added to attack damage, ability checks, and saving throws. The Inspiring Touch also came in handy with being able to help heal. And the War Cry was also very nice. That one I used quite a few times. Uh, it was a bonus action that if I succeeded on an attack, I was able to add a D4 to that attack, as well as my allies could add a D4 to their attack roll. The other attributes that we had were with the Majesty points. And those I didn't use as much, since I only had six points that I could use before needing a long rest. But uh, the one that I used the most that I think definitely came in handy was Majestic Healing. This was also a bonus action that allowed me to convert one point into five health points. So that's where a lot of my Majesty points got used up, was just using that to help heal. Overall, I thought it, the character played really nicely. It felt a lot like a bard, and I thought just being able to help support my fellow party members was very nice. Uh, looking into this game, I am taking on the prestige class of a dragon rider. This allows me to have a dragon as my companion, and I get quite a few attributes with that as well. With the dragon, I get a natural weapon, so I just chose the claw attack, and that is 2d10 of slashing damage. I also get a ranged natural attack, which means my dragon has tail spikes that can shoot out as a ranged attack, and they do 2d6 damage. I also get the most widely known for a dragon, the breath weapon. I chose a bronze dragon, so I do acid damage with my breath weapon. Uh, with the breath weapon, it's a dex saving throw, and on a fail, they take 68 acid damage, and on, on a success, it is 3d8 damage. Uh, this breath weapon goes in a 30-foot cone or a 5-by-30-foot line. I think that can be super helpful when uh, using attacks and whatnot. One of the other attributes that you get as a dragon rider is you get a bond with your dragon. I chose the Bond of Magic. This allows me to have two uses uh, before a long rest, and I get uh, three different spells that I can choose from. I got the Chromatic Orb, Magic Missile, and Witch Bolt. 
I thought these would be really, really interesting to use, and I'm really excited to see how the Bond of Magic played out. Awesome. Uh, when you said 2d10 damage for your dragon, is that 1d10 for each claw, or is that like multi-attack, or what does that entail? Um, that is just its natural weapon, so you could do claw or bite, so I believe it's just one attack, so just one spike. Okay, that balances it out then. That's what I was a little bit worried about. I'm like, holy cow, multi-attack with 2d10? <laughs> that, that, was, that would be bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's a ward that grows to gargantuan proportions or anything. Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> I mean, who would do Shit. that? <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Micah returning with Daskalos, our Seder Arbalist. Um, I have an apology to make to everyone for last week. Uh, when I went through and put together my character, uh, I was using MPMB's uh, character sheets and just going through kind of playing around with some builds and I forgot to remove one of the feats that I had applied. Uh, so I was hitting more often than I should have been last 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 game. Um, but I'm getting to add that feat back in so I'll let everyone know what it is. Uh, last week I was utilizing the crossbow expert feat, which was what was letting me actually fire both crossbows at one or in a round instead of your normal two weapon fighting, which is strictly melee weapons. You son of a bitch. That's what I was using. I had forgotten gotten to remove the fighting style adept uh, homebrew feet from D&D Beyond, which I am adding in at level 8, which increases your strength, dex, or con by 1, so I'm putting it into dex, but also allows me to use the archery style from the uh, fighter's class, which yes. gives me plus 2 to hit for ranged attacks. So I was getting a little bit of a, bu uh, a boost to my <laughs> hits, although I don't think most of what I was hitting was well over that for, for a lot of my stuff, so thankfully it's not a huge issue. You still get disadvantage on everything for the rest of the game. I will take it. <laughs> um, so just just wanted to clear that up in case anyone was curious. I was like, dude, that's kind of brutal. It's like I realized, what I, I realized my mistake and uh, I'm taking... Responsibility in my own hands. That being said, uh, the Arbalist is getting some more fun stuff this time around, utilizing the more agile of the uh, subclasses of the Arbalist. At fifth level, I gain access to my strafe ability, which uh, for every 10 feet I move during a round, I gain 1d4 strafe die to a maximum of twice my proficiency modifier, so I can bank up to, I can have up to six strafe die banks right now. Uh, when I hit a creature with a ranged attack, I can roll any number of strafe die and add that to the damage. Um, when I'm hit by an attack, I can spend a strafe die to move 1d4 times 5 feet as a reaction that does not provoke an attack of opportunity from the source of the damage. And when I take damage as a reaction, I can roll any amount of strafe die to reduce the incoming damage by that result. So... As you can tell, I'm, I'm going to be very mobile, very agile. I'm going to be in and out of everywhere, which is part of the reason why I'm the one carrying all of our healing potions, because I can get to everyone fairly quickly. Um, I'm also gaining access to the float like a butterfly feature, which when I reach 7th level, when I make a dex save, I can roll a, a number of strafe dice up to my dexterity modifier and add them to the roll. If I succeed by 5 or more, I take no damage. So it's like a, a, a pseudo-evasion that requires me to utilize one of my more valuable resources, but it can be really clutch to you know, take no damage from that massive incoming fireball. 
Also gaining access to the uh, general features of the Arbalist in the rangefinder. So at 6th level, I gain advantage on checks to determine distance and weather, which might be nice. And something that really hasn't come up previously, I probably didn't explain it very well. One of, one of the Arbalist abilities is really fun. When I hit, I, I like to maneuver myself around a lot because any of my shots that I take, I can pierce through, or once per round, I can have that shot pierce through an enemy and hit an enemy behind it. And that's a feature you get at second level, so you take one shot, make an attack roll against the first creature, and then the second creature at disadvantage, using the same damage and same ammunition for both shots, which is really clutch that I don't have to fire off at, you know, two shots to hit two enemies if I don't want to. Um... And then Arbalist Familiarity at third level, I can... It's it's very similar to the Gunslinger uh, class from Pathfinder, if any of you are familiar. Uh, the Arbalist Familiarity lets me use Tinker's tools to repair my crossbow if it gets broken. Or with four hours of work, I can just build a whole new crossbow. Or I can spend an... I think it's an hour to create a number of bolts equal to 5d4 plus my proficiency modifier if I can find the... Uh, there are the resources nearby, so you know I can just wander around, pick up sticks and rocks and whatnot, or you know, bits of metal, and actually make my own crossbow bolts during a long rest, which can be very, very useful if we get into a tight spot. So those are the things that uh, that I'm looking forward to. Uh, as you can tell, this class is very much about, especially the way I'm playing it, being mobile, you know, providing that DPS, and as a trainer of heroes, being in a good, being in the thick of things to help give my tutelage to those in need. So, really looking forward to continuing this adventure. That's awesome. And did you say it was a reaction to do that pierce through, or does it just happen? It is. At second level, your weapon allows you your bolts to tear through enemies once per turn when you make a ranged okay. weapon attack with a crossbow. You may pierce that creature and choose to make it an additional, so it's, it doesn't actually use up my reaction. It's just... That's really it, cool. Because I know, like, the superiority die, I think there's a couple of those abilities that take your reaction to use for the Battlemaster, so that's really cool. Which, like I said, the drawback to that is, you know, the second attack roll is made at disadvantage. Yeah. But, that being said, it's 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 a fun ability, and actually later on I'll get some stuff that I can, you know, instead of choosing to pierce through, I can actually have that bolt stun the enemy. That's so I'm actually firing a different bolt that's actually going to rock him a little bit and, and put some uh, other debuffs into play, so... It'll, it'll, it'll be fun as we go further. I like the idea of a small creature hiding behind a bigger creature. Like, you're not going to get me! And he's just like, oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and that does negate some of that kind of stuff. Because, uh, like, halflings and rogues and stuff can hide behind a creature one size larger. Yep. So that would kind of negate a little bit of that. Cause like, and no, sorry. For the purpose of cover, the fact that it's piercing through, you're not trying to shoot a small portion around the corner, you're shooting through the corner. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Alright, go ahead, Mike. Okay, well, I am Mike, and I'm back with uh, Dr. Bubo Steubens, the Time Cleric. Uh, as clerics go, I haven't played a whole lot in uh, my D&D career, and as clerics go, they seems to be pretty straightforward. Not much changes about the class, just the few abilities that I get from the time domain. Um, last time was kind of fun. Uh, standard cleric business, a spiritual weapon, did a little bit of healing here and there. Um, 
didn't really get to use the time slip channel divinity ability. Um, had opportunities, but it just never really became an issue. Uh, I expect as things progress, having a free opportunity to use my movement with zero opportunity attacks is going to help me reposition and get into a spot where I can help heal. Uh, what I'm picking up for this session is Channel Divinity, another use of it, so now I can use two Channel Divinities and uh, Damage Flux. At 6th level, I will actually be able to warp time and prevent damage from a single attack, and it will happen later uh, in, the, in the turns. Uh, so say our my satyr friend is or my paladin friend is diving into combat and they take a massive critical i can just flat out negate that critical and let them take that damage a little over time so we can buff them up and make sure they can handle it so <clears throat> that's kind of one of the things that drew me to this uh, particular domain and then also as per cleric i get eight level divine strike i'll be adding 1d8 necrotic damage um at 8th level, instead of choosing an ability score to increase, I chose the alert feat uh, because, you know, as we know, Dr. Bubo, he's all about time and understanding the flow of said time, and it's all relative. So he's all about going first. Stu goes first. And so I will now have, because of the ability to add my wisdom modifier to my initiative, plus the alert feat, I will now have plus 11 to my initiative. My goal is to always go first and buff my team so that we can quickly and efficiently dispatch the enemies and move forward. And that's pretty much all that I have. I'm excited to be here, and let's get started. Yes, Mike. I'm going to pose a question to you, then. <laughs> what? Yes, what? When you or Han shoot first... <laughs> Who's hot? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and with that... Um, to whom are you referring? <laughs> yeah, to whom? I get it. To whom? <laughs> whom, yes, exactly. Oh my god, that's <laughs> terrible, Mike. Owl Go jokes. home. Oh. You're done. Go home. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, we all forgot our new items. Yep. I will be uh, carrying... Like I said, I picked up three more healing potions to, to carry around with everything. And uh, I also acquired the Wand of Winter, so that'll give me some uh, AoE damage to go around along with my uh, impactful crossbow bolts, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to start utilizing that a little bit, especially if we encounter some stuff that doesn't like to be chilly. Awesome. We just bring the um, Well, I did acquire a piece of scale mail plus one, so my armor class went up by one. Um, I, and then I got cleric spells, my upgrading to 8th level, I ended up with uh, haste and slow are my two time domain specific spells, so they will always be prepared, and I can't wait to go first on initiative and speed up or slow down as appropriate. Exactly. Go ahead, Virgil, and hope. Uh, I got plus one beacon chainmail, so uh, a little boost to my AC. And if the enemy couldn't hear me come or couldn't hear me coming from a while, mile away, now they can see me coming from a mile away as I shed light in a small radius. I got the dragon gleam spear, which grants me plus two AC against range attacks, and I can also use my reaction to make a ranged attack against an ally within five feet of me be directed towards me. All right, then. We will go ahead and get started. So where we left off last week, 
you guys had just uh, taken on all those evil frogs and uh, bullywugs and the big spellcasting bullywug, and you guys uh, fought your way through that and have eventually ended yourselves in the village of Parnast. Parnast, uh, you would have been tipped off, uh, is mostly a village run by the Cult of the Dragon. So the cultists are kind of the ones in charge here. And they have a giant flying fortress, basically. A castle in the clouds that will be hauling all of the treasure that the dragon uh, cult has collected off to wherever they are going to pile it all before summoning Tiamat. So you guys would kind of be sent here to stop that, to take out the castle, uh, kind of whatever you needed to do to prevent that horde of treasure from getting to its destination. Uh, you would know that you have a contact within the town of Parnast who is not a part of the Dragon Cult. His name is uh, Gundolin, uh, and he is a wheelwright. So he makes wheels and fixes axles for uh, merchants and those kind of folks. Anybody with a cart, basically. Uh, he does that kind of stuff, and he has a small shop in the town. Um, and you would also know a little bit of inside knowledge that the castle in the clouds will be departing as soon as it is able to. So you guys are not going to want to dilly-dally too much in this town before taking off. Yes, Micah? I hate it when people accuse me of dilly-dallying when I'm clearly lollygagging. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I know, right? All right. So then, um, when you guys approach the town, uh, the village has a few dozen houses and a small square with buildings that include a tavern, a stable, and a shrine. In contrast to the rustic burg, stands a mighty ice castle, half hidden in fog shrouded in a fog shrouded ravine. Walls stand 40 feet high, huge narrow towers loom upward, one of blue ice and one crumbling, and all of it built to scale for giants. Wisps of fog hide much, to the, much of the castle's detail, but you see two statues standing just before the enormous gate. So if you guys go to the Discord channel and look at that Parnast map, um, you guys would be entering from the north section. So for those of you here at the table, you guys are clear up here in the north section, uh, and then you can kind of work your way through the town as you see fit. Uh, you would know that your contact uh, has a shop here in town, but you are not sure exactly where. Um, the only places of note that you would have really been given information on are uh, the stables, of course, as far as like the, they ride um, uh, wyverns and whatnot, so you would know where they are at. You would also know a little bit about the Shrine of Axes, where uh, the kind of the woodcutters uh, worship and whatnot. Uh, obviously, the village square kind of in the middle, uh, the Skyreach Castle, which is clear in the far side of the town. And then you would also know about the Golden Tankard, which is a place that your contact uh, frequently stays uh, if you wish to meet him there, or you can search the town for where his shop is. I wouldn't mind searching this out for a shop if for no other reason than uh, I could actually use some studded leather armor. Okay. You search the town. Uh, you are able to kind of get a feel for it. Eventually, you do find where the wheelwright shop is, uh, but he would not have leather armor per se. Uh, per se. Uh, you do find, though, a leather worker in town, and you are able to purchase that studded leather. Okay. Anything else you guys would like to do before contacting your contact? 
think that's all I needed. I don't believe so. Okay. You guys uh, enter into his shop. He is a gruff-looking man. Even though he looks very gruff, he is kind of meek, almost a little bit... um, Cowardly, I would say. He isn't somebody that would meet your eyes for more than a second or two at a time. Uh, but he does have some information uh, regarding the people within the castle. Uh, he would know that the worm speaker, uh, Resmir, who you guys have seen frequently but not been able to ever really pin down and defeat, is alive within the Skyreach castle. And uh, that would be the best place to find her is uh, within there. Uh, you would also know that Resmir's uh, deputy, Captain Olafstan, uh, commands all the forces here in Parnast, and he frequently patrols the area and can be seen, and he's got a pretty good eye for spotting people that don't belong. Uh, so you're going to want to be really careful of him. Uh, Parnast has also been within the clutches of the Dragon Cult for uh, more than a year, and so they pretty much own everybody. Nobody can be trusted. You're definitely getting the paranoid uh, vibe off of this guy. Um, and that you would also know that the cultists keep trained wyverns within the village stables, so they frequently fly off with them. And uh, you guys would also learn the phrases that would enable you to get in and out of the castle as Gundolin, your contact, has heard them spoken several times. So these phrases would be Tiamat, our mother and strength, or... Um, I'm going to butcher this name. I have every time I've tried. Uh, Hail Blagthicus. Blagthicus. Yes. Yep. Tiamat, our mother and strength. Tiamat, our mother and strength, is that at one? Yes, that is one phrase. The second okay. phrase is Hail Blagthicus, or Blagatha. Blagacus. Ah! Blagacus. Hail Blag. B yeah B L A G O T H K U S. Okay. Stick with the first one; it's easier. But you guys, I, I do feel like walking up to to to, to, to random cultists at the castle and just be like. Would not go over well. Can I play a Murloc shaman at some point? There is a Murloc race. Oh my god. <laughs> we are previewing the next adventure of the Homebrew Review. Mike, if you say anything that is not in just <laughs> that entire episode that entire session, I'll be very sad. Exactly. Even all of your roles, you have to start off with that long guttural thing and then you can say the number. Hey everybody, this is Mike, and for this week's episode I'm going to <laughs> and just do that for three minutes. <laughs> and then just finally end with <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. We'll have subtitles. <laughs> Yes. We're going to have Micah, or have Braden, Braden in some sort of silly voice, speak over all of Mike's crazy words. <sighs> all right, uh, so where would you guys like to go from here? You got your information from the uh, contact, and uh, you know that you can go other places in town if you would like. You do risk getting caught. Uh, you do know that the town is in the pocket of the cult, and that the... Uh, Skyreach Castle will depart at some point in the very near future, but you do not know how long it will take them to do so. 
I would suggest sneaking into the castle, but with our paladin, well. <laughs> and the castle. Nonsense. What was that, Virgil? It's a nonsense. I'm the sneakiest person here. <laughs> yes, with your. I sneak. I try to sneak. You all sneak around because they're so focused on me. You guys are going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would start by returning my tray table and seat to the upright position. <laughs> exactly. Wait, and, what? So the castle's going to take off. Yeah, castle get it. Even doing the flight attendant thing. What was that, Hope? <laughs> we also have a giant dragon following with us. That is true. That would be very noticeable. Um, would you bring him into the town with you, or would you tell him to stay in the trees for cover until uh, you call for him in the castle or something? Probably would have had him flying out in the forest, keeping a little bit of a distance. Good idea. They probably wouldn't be too fond of a bronze dragon in their midst. Yes, these would all nope. be very chromatic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, then. So I'm assuming you guys are going to want to approach the Skyreach Castle, then, or are you going to hit any of the other places in town? <laughs> Is there anything we really need from this village? I believe I'm good to go. Okay. Can we, can we like, go around right. the outskirts of the town to avoid <laughs> notice to get to the castle? Yeah. Like, approach from behind or whatever? Yeah, you guys are able to kind of work your way around. Um, you would have to wait until nightfall uh, to kind of do it, but yeah, you're able to... <laughs> and then put a giant-ass blanket over Virgil um, because he gleams. Cover me in a burlap bag, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you drag Virgil behind you in a body bag uh, all the way <laughs> to the drawbridge. So you guys approach the main gate. A lower drawbridge spans a foggy moat. Beyond the drawbridge is an open portcullis, and beyond the portcullis is a covered gateway leading to an open courtyard. Large figures loom in the gateway, but you can't quite make them out. Would you guys like to approach that? It's heavy enough fog that you don't think anybody could see you all that well, especially now that it's night and you've body-bagged your paladin with the glowy armor. Um, You're pretty sure that... um, you would be able to get through without being noticed with just a very, very basic stealth check. I can be stealthy. <clears throat> I can always attempt to be stealthy. <laughs> attempt. Does anybody know guidance? <laughs> I do, actually. There you go. I will I will guidance our paladin. <laughs> Alright, you guys want can to... guidance stack? It does not, <laughs> That is too bad. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, what does um, Enhance Ability do? I forget. Uh, Enhance Ability has a number of different forms depending on what uh, stat you choose to go with it. Uh, Let me look it up. I know there's Cat's Grace, which I think does acrobatics, but I do not think there is one for stealth. I think you're right, but just in case, because I can actually... Yeah, uh, there's Bear's Endurance, which 10 hit points, Bull Strength, the Strength, Cat's Grace. Oh, advantage on dexterity checks. So Um, I will also... So I will will Cat's Grace our Paladin. Okay. And that's concentration up to one hour. And then... Guidance is also concentration, isn't it? Yes, it is. But I think Mike, you have guidance, don't you? I do have guidance. So then, then you can you can use guidance on him, and I think he that should that should give him what he needs to uh, pass this stealth check. All right, Virgil, don't dark knight it with two nat ones. I feel so loved right now. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and you guys give me a very very basic stealth check. So advantage. Ooh. You have advantage and plus a d4. Oh. 
So 19 minus 1. Okay. I was so focused, I, I only got 11. Okay. 17 plus 1, 18. And hope. 18. Okay. Uh, that definitely passes. I rolled a 7, and then I added a generic plus 1. So uh, you are not observed um, going across this drawbridge and through this gate. Heavy oak and iron portcullis is drawn up just beyond the drawbridge. Two life-size statues of 18-foot tall cloud giants, one male and one female, stand behind the, cor- the portcullis, facing each other within the covered gateway. They're rather large. They look very uh, imposing. Hmm. You guys would know, um, it doesn't say specifically, but you guys would know that you would need to speak that phrase as you pass through in order to pass. Uh, that would be where most of the people said it as they were going through. So I'm going to go ahead and just give you that little bit of meta knowledge um, because I'm pretty sure that that would have been fairly obvious that every cult is saying it as they went through. I, was, I wasn't sure if it would be like, like a challenge or just something we say as we would pass through. So then, uh, you guys, I'm assuming all mutter it as you go underneath, correct? Yes. All right. Mutter, walla, 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 walla. Watermelon, 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 yes. All right. Uh, you guys then exit into the uh, lower courtyard. This entire area is very obscured in uh, fog. So go ahead, first off, uh, give me your passive perception, and then I'll make have everybody make me a perception check. Sixteen. Oh, damn. We're just doing a straight perception check now? Yep, straight perception uh, check. So, five. I'm glad I burned that next way on a perception check. Exactly. Uh, that one's here on out. Yeah. All right, then. So, um, because you got this, uh, walls of solid ice enclose this courtyard. Another courtyard partially overhangs this one. It is held aloft by sweeping arches of ice that soar to a height of over 100 feet. Doors of sculpted ice fitted with iron hinges lead to various outbuildings and main keep on the far side of the courtyard from the gate towers. Hidden in the shadows of the overhanging courtyard across from the main gate is an opening in one wall that leads to a spiral staircase made of sculpted ice. You guys normally would not have been able to see that staircase until you got much, much closer, but with that nat 20, you got it. Um, So basically, if you check the Discord once again, the side view of the the giant castle, the lower courtyard is where you are at, and then the upper courtyard partially overhangs that. So you guys are kind of in that main courtyard area. Uh, Once again, it is heavily obscured with fog. Um, So you're not able to uh, see a whole lot around here, but you do know that those towers on either side are probably guarded, and there is very likely going to be guards either patrolling the courtyard or somewhere near it. Uh, You see that there is a set of double doors to the... Virgil, because you had such a high perception, um, saw that there were a set of double doors cleared to the left-hand side of the lower courtyard. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it um, the north side, just for simplicity on the map. Uh, mm-hmm. Clear to the south, there is a single set of doors. And then to the east, um, before that overhang, there is a single door. And then that spiral staircase is deep within that kind of carved out area, uh, clear to the very east end. So what would you guys like to do? 
I will follow the tutelage of our hero trainer. <clears throat> I train heroes to fight, not sneak around. <clears throat> that being said, I do know how to sneak. Um, I think the quicker we get to whatever part of this castle might get airborne, the better. Because I doubt the whole thing from this low... I'm guessing it's probably going to be mostly that upper section that will uh, take flight. I highly doubt that we'll be looking at the lower courtyard going with it, so the quicker we get up there, the better. <laughs> okay. Because that, that would also probably be where we would find would keep this thing afloat and all of the treasure that we don't want getting into the hands of these dragons. Okay, then everybody go ahead and uh, first, how would you try to get across this courtyard? Would you cut across the middle, stick to the north, or the south side? Well, at least amount of activity. Yeah. Or because it's night, is it pretty it's much It's heavily obscured with fog, and it is at night, so you can see very, very little. Virgil's Nat 20 told you where the doors were, but um, it's very difficult to see anything of note. I'd say our best bet is to utilize the uh, obscuring fog and just cut straight across as quickly and stealthily as possible to reduce the risk of accidentally running into anything on the edges of the courtyard. Okay, everybody then give me a stealth check. Oh. 18. Um, 8. Sorry, 7. 10. 9. <sighs> okay, you guys were very unfortunately... Was that with your, was that with your guidance, Virgil? Oh, I did with the uh, uh, ability thing. But yeah, you have advantage on the thing. Yeah, and then I get a... Yeah. And, and Mike has so, guidance on you too, so you can potentially up that to a 14. But Hope rolled a 9, didn't you, Hope? Yep. Well, I rolled an 8. So, I'm not <laughs> a stealthy What was that? I rolled a 13. Okay, you got a 13. Hope! Your dragon swooped down to join you in the courtyard, I'm assuming, at some point would have joined you, and uh, you were unfortunately spotted. A vampire jumps out of nowhere and attacks. We will go ahead and roll initiative. She will get a surprise round on Hope. Hmm. <laughs> 28. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> 13. Birdie got a 13. Hope? 7. And Daskalos? Also 7. Alright, uh, I'm assuming your dex is higher, Daskalos, with a... Plus 4 to dex. Okay. Alright, and she rolled a glorious 2. However, um, she still gets a surprise round on you guys for catching you off guard. So, she flies down out of nowhere, and... Hold on. I think, yes. I think Bob had a, or Mike had a thing. Yes. So she'll get the surprise round, and our initiatives will count for after that, yes? Correct, yes. Okay, because with the alert feed, I cannot be surprised. Oh, well, then you would go first, so, and then she would attack everybody else in the damn party. Okay, um, so with that, I think I would like to just try a hey, or uh, sorry, a slow on her. Oh, damn, okay, yeah, what's the saving throw on that? Um, now i got to flip to pages. I didn't bring my tablet today, because I'm a bad podcaster. <laughs> it's it's laying on my counter. I know where it is. It would only take me an hour to go home and get it. Um, Alright, so alter time around up to six creatures of your choice in a 40-foot cube within range. Uh, each target must make a, a wisdom saving throw or be affected by the spell for the duration. So my save DC is 15. 
That's a wisdom drill. Oh, I don't okay. know how, how wise vampires are, but hopefully this will... That was a four. However, she has three legendary resistances and chooses to pass. Fair enough. <laughs> one third level spell down. But at least I took out one of her... Uh, one of her resources. Exactly. So then she would swipe at um, at Hazel then. Well, you know what? Since you couldn't be surprised, I'm guessing since you were stealthy enough and everything else, and you have a high enough perception, you would have been like, oh shit! So I'm going to go ahead and continue with regular initiative. She would not get the surprise round then. So Cedric, it is your turn. I'll go up to this creature and I'll smack it with my support. Okay, you do that. Hello. Uh, does a 12 hit. 12 does not. She is nimble enough that she dodges Matrix style out of the way of that swing. Alright, second attack. Uh, that will not hit either. Okay. We then move on to Doskalos. Alright, um, I think the, the best bet for me is to start chunky chunking. So uh, we'll, we'll start with the, the, the plus one crossbow. Um, oh, that's, that's only a thir- 13. No, that will not quite hit. And the regular crossbow. Oh, no, nat one. Oh, boy. You, you, you go to dice jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we then move on to Hazel. She's quite agile, friends. Beware. <laughs> I'm going to start off with Warcry, so I'm going to make an attack, and that is an unnatural 20, so I assume that hit. Yes, it does. Alright, that means I get to add a d4 to the damage, and I and all my allies also get to add that d4. Oh, wow. Awesome. Alright, and that is four points of damage. Okay, and what type right. of damage is it? Um, that was with my longsword. Okay. And then my dragon also shares my initiative. So his turn is, goes on the same as mine. And he's going to use his natural weapon to come down and claw at her. And that is a 17. That will hit? 18. Okay. And uh, what type of damage is it? Slashing? Yes. And uh, is it a player's handbook version of the dragon, or do you have your own stats for it? Then it is on to the vampire's turn. Okay, so then uh, the vampire is going to go ahead and attack Hazel. Let's see, multi-attack. So two attacks, one of which is going to be a bite. Actually, you know what? Um, Actually, uh, first strike is not probably going to hit. Um... That is a 16. Does that hit Hope? No. No. Okay. Misses with the first unarmed strike. Second unarmed strike. That one probably will with a 19, correct? Yeah. Okay. And this creature has you grappled then. Uh, Instead of dealing damage, the creature can grapple the target. Escape DC of 18. So on your turn, you can try and break free of that. We then move on to Dr. Stu. Hmm. Well, it's a vampire, Boo I see that. <laughs> I must say, my experience against vampires is quite limited. I don't know what to do. What was that, Virgil? 
I got a question for you. I uh, might have an answer. That, the beacon chainmail, is that daylight or is that just light? It's just light, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Although I think at this point you can probably take the burlap sack off. Yeah, probably. Um, and hope your spear that you have does have the daylight spell on it. Ten uses. No hits. <laughs> okay, go ahead, uh, Mike. Um, well, I think I'm just going to go ahead and start off with um, a spiritual weapon. Okay. I don't know why I have, still have these marked down. So we'll do that. And so that summons... Uh, it's within 20 feet, so make any adjust, uh, moves that are required. Actually, how far away would I... We were as grouped in a party, therefore we probably were close enough that yeah. a 5 or a 10 foot move would get us in there. It's whatever the walking order would have been. Okay, so I'll go ahead and uh, cast the um, what's the name of it? Spiritual Weapon. Yep. And start off with that, and that is... I make an attack against it using my spell attack value, which is plus 7. Nope. That went up. It's plus 8. Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, so an 18 to hit. Okay, yes, that will I hit. I hope hit with a 16 or a 17. So uh, yep. D8 plus 5. Uh, 7 damage. Alright. To it. And then I will step forward and take a swing with my mace. And is that magical damage? Uh, oh, the spiritual, yeah, yes. The okay. mace, no. Alright. So my weapon is not. Um, that's a natural 20. Damn. 25 to hit. Awesome. Um, so, and that's 1d6 plus... Oh, okay, now, my uh, Divine Strike, that D8 from the Claire class, is that also double? Yes. Yes, right. everything so is double. weapon plus Divine Strike, and then weapon plus Divine Strike, plus the your Strength modifier is only added one time, though. Correct. All right, so all these plus two. So, um... So 8, 15, 21, 23. Okay. 20. Now the necrotic damage, would that count as magical damage? Yes. Then? Anything that has a damage type other than bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing would. Um, however, it does have resistance to necrotic anyway. Okay. So, oh, does it? Yeah. So it's Vampire. resistance across the board. All right, so what did I say? 21? Yes. Half, so 10, I guess. Yep. All and that will be right. Stu's participation in this round. All right, it is then on to initiative count 20. What I wouldn't give for some silver bolts right now. <laughs> exactly. Frankly, searches pack. Yes, exactly. Because uh, you guys were caught by that and combat has uh, broken out, the three ogres atop each of the towers are going to uh, all have javelins, and they are going to throw the javelins at each of you. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll a d4 to make this fair. Uh, one Micah, two Mike, uh, three Hope, four Virgil. So, Ogre uh, one and two on the north tower. Uh, one from... Oh, thank you, Micah. So, that is all three of them. So, uh, Micah, you will take one. Uh, Mike, you will take one. And Virgil, you will take one. So let me roll here. They don't have a super high to hit because at that... Oh, no, because of their range, they do have... Uh, they do have the extra. Thank you. All right, so the one that attacked Micah, that was a crit. 
The I'm gonna go ahead and take care of the damage for that one because it's 3d8 normally. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna hurt. Just a bit. Hold on, boss. Let me get you another d8. <laughs> yeah. I only keep two sets with me here at the table. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The d6 is at home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, five, eight. Uh, plus six is uh, 14. Uh, <laughs> 18, 24 plus uh, just that. So 24 uh, points of damage from that crit. Uh, and then Mike, uh, I don't, well, uh, 19 will hit you? Yes, it will. Alright. Just barely. Just barely. Uh, you'll take 12 points of damage. Oh! Virgil, that was a nat 1, so that will not hit you. And then... We uh, do the second tower. Roll to see who gets hit by those. Those are the one ogres. Yes, they are. Uh, one on Micah and two on Virgil. Obviously, with the gleaming armor, that uh, kind of takes care of that. It does kind of make them a target. It, it does. Yeah. I feel like no, I'm not even gonna say that. It's all good. I'm Micah, not gonna give Bob any ideas. It's all good. Micah with the nat one that does not hit you, so that makes up for that crit. Uh, Virgil, that first one was an 11, which will not hit. And then another nat 1 uh, on you, Virgil. So uh, none of those will hit. You also begin to hear a bunch of scurrying. Yes, Micah? Would we have still been obscured by the fog? Oh, shit, you would have been. Then all of those would have been made at disadvantage. Let me do that again. Uh, well, you know what? We're going to just start at next round. I don't remember who. Um, I, I just remembered that. Yeah. And then the stone giants and kobolds begin uh, running out. However, they are quite a ways away uh, from your current location because uh, each of these squares, I believe, is five feet here. So they would be 95 feet away from your guys' current location. So, uh, they will get to you in several rounds. Uh, you also hear lots of noise coming from up above in the courtyard above, shouting. So, uh, we then move on to Cedric. It is your turn. Alrighty. So, we have a bunch of people coming at us. And a vampire in front of you, correct? Let me see here. I see if something actually takes an action or if it's a bonus action. Um, uh, it's an action. Uh, I don't want to use that just yet. Um, so, as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Divine Favor on myself. Okay. And then I will attack the vampire. Actually, guys, just two seconds. Um... They can only fire one of those javelins from each roof on each turn. There are three ogres up there, but they can only do one. So, Micah, you took one hit. Virgil, you took one hit. Ignore the rest no, of them. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No, you said I didn't get hit by anything. That's right. Micah, did you get hit with one? I did. I took 12. 12? Micah, you took one hit? Yep. Okay, we're going to go with just those two and ignore the rest for right now. Okay, so I'll remember that for next turn. Excuse me. Go ahead then, Virgil. Okay, so I cast Divine Favor, and now I will attack the Vampire. Alright. So, the first attack uh, is going to miss. The second attack is going to hit with a uh, uh, 26 to hit. Yes, very much so. 
Alrighty, so I am going to divine smite on this using a second level spell. Fantastic. 3d8. Uh, so the sword does 8 points, and then the radiant damage is. Crap. Uh, eight points of radiant damage. Alright. Uh, second attack. Or, no, that was my second attack. So, uh, uh, that is the end of my turn. Okay. Even though it didn't do a ton of damage, it does negate the regeneration of the vampire for this next turn. So, there is that. Daskalos, it is your turn. Alright, I am going to, uh, drop one of the two crossbows that I'm carrying, the non-magical one, pull out my wand of winter. I'm going to book it 30 feet because I forgot to do it before so that I can gain three strafe dice that I may need to use later. Alright. And um, I am going to use the wand of winter to cast uh, Ice Storm on the encroaching party. Okay, uh, let's see. What is well? I think I'm pretty sure the range is far enough. It's 200 feet, and it's a 40 foot. Sorry, uh, 30. Sorry, let me. I actually uh, was just looking at this. It's a 20 foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder, center on a point. I'm going to put it just at the beginning of the group so that they have to move through it. Okay. Would you like to hit the cultists that are coming from the barracks to the south? The uh, stone giants that are coming from the uh, area to the east, or the kobolds that are coming from the area kind of to the southeast. Considering it's a deck save, I'm probably going to launch it at the, the giants. Alright, and uh, actually to give you a little bit more info, um, the cultists, you can see ten cultists running your way. For the stone giants, there are two of them. And for kobolds, there are twenty of them. Actually, we'll just we'll just we'll just kind of split the difference, and we'll do it on the cultists. All right. Let me find their deck save here. What is the DC? Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. They have a plus one, so I have to roll at least a fourteen. One pass. One pass. All right. Only two of them pass. All the right. rest take the full damage. And it will be. 2d8 bludgeoning and 4d6 coal. So it'll be 11 bludgeoning damage and 11 coal damage, half on a save. Okay. And that outright kills all of them except for the one that were saved, except for the two that saved. So they just flat out just frozen in place. Now shards. All right, friends. Hopefully that's into the numbers a bit. Carry on! <laughs> all right. We shall go ahead then and continue with Hazel. Alright, and a grappled, correct? Yes, Hazel is still grappled. Yes, yes, Hazel is still grappled. You would have to use your action to escape. I'm going to try. Alright, strength uh, or acrobatics, DC 18. <laughs> that was a 7, so it's not going to work. Okay. Alright, then you are grappled for another round. Go ahead with your dragon. Alright. That's a 17. Yep, that will hit. Wow, that's not going to happen ever again. That is 22 points of damage. Holy crap. Yep, got a 10 on both. 
Alright then. We then move on to the vampire. Well hit dragon. Exactly. While the vampire cannot regenerate this round, she does bite you, Hazel. So that is a plus nine to hit. That will definitely hit with a 22. So, yeah. yep, so she deals 1d6 plus 4, so she deals um, a, uh, uh, 6 points of piercing damage plus 9 points of necrotic damage, and sh your hit point maximum is reduced by those 9 points, and she regains those 9 points. Alright, uh, we then move on to... Uh, oh, all the enemies charge in. Oh, no, they move on to initiative count 20. So, Dr. Stewart, it's your turn. Okay, what was I just looking at? Um, so, we've got... So, we've decided that the, the towers can only fire basically once per round each. Correct. Okay, and they will have disadvantage from here on out? Correct, yes. Okay, so, I'm not nearly as concerned with them, and Daskalos has provided some rough terrain for the swarm to run through. So like, the, the two remaining cultists have difficult terrain to run through. Oh, yeah. okay, I did not catch that part of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I so I feel them. like we're we're fine to go ahead and continue. Uh, there are there are 20 kobolds. Yes, that are you have 20 kobolds running towards you, two stone giants, two very, very cold-ass cultists, and there was lots of roaring and yelling upstairs. Okay, so the kobolds... Are they? They're going to be going around the uh, rough terrain. Uh, no, they they're would be coming from. Oh, actually, no. They would have to cross through the rough terrain because their barracks are actually behind where the cultists came from. So this turn, they would be going through that rough terrain. Okay. And uh, they, you, you are ninety-five feet away from the cultists, which were the closest. I feel like Doskalos, being our kind of our primary damage dealer, I'd like to see him get a little more opportunity to make things happen, so I'm going to cast haste on him. Oh, shit! <laughs> Alright! <laughs> I have proof of... I just look at my crossbows. Alright, let's go! Yeah, what is your maximum number of straight dive that you can so, have there? Because with a dash, hey, here's you're convenient. Like when, you're, when your book breaks apart, you can just take a section out of it. it is. Um, um, so I will do that um, as my action, and then I will make an attack with spiritual weapon. Um, four, uh, with 11. Yep, I don't even think not. using my D4 from Hope is going to make a difference, so that will be my turn. I'll, uh, okay. mutter a, a slight insult to the vampire. Okay. Oh, God, I'm brought back. Hey, you with the wings, don't you feel dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and they totally, and that was an intimidation check, and they were totally like, uh, I think they passed it with like a nat 20 or something. I'm like, no, I'm fucking awesome. I've got wings. Are you awesome. kidding me? I've got wings. <laughs> okay, so uh, Dr. Bubo Steubens has completed his turn. Okay, uh, then we are on to initiative count 20. The two cultists slowly trudge their way through. The 20 kobolds slowly trudge their way through. And these two stone giants attack, but it will still be a couple of rounds before they get to you guys. So they move as much of their speed as they're able to. The stone giants would now be about 50 feet away. Um, the cultists, using a dash, same thing with the kobolds, would be about 65 feet away. Um, and then the vamp, uh, no, that was initiative count 20. The two ogres are going to shoot. I'm going to roll a d4 to see who. Oh. Are you serious, Bob? <laughs> Both of them on Micah. But it has disadvantage. disadvantage. And you're getting plus two for my haste, so yep. Yep. hopefully that 
Uh, let's see, so that would be uh, disadvantage 10 plus 7, that's a 17. That will hit. Okay, and then the second one with will the, not. Oh, wait, with a plus 2, will not hit, that makes it an 18 to hit me, so... Alright, yeah, you matrix, matrix, matrix dodge both of those massive javelins fired from the ballista as they go right over you. And that, my friend, is how knowledge of time saves lives. <laughs> I thank you, wise one. Yes. Get a sundial, save a life. Cedric, <laughs> it is your turn. Alrighty. I am going to just continue to go to town on this empire. Um, that is a 22 to hit. Yes. Alright. So that is 13 points of slashing damage and 1 point of radiant damage. Okay. Uh, second attack. Uh, that is a 10 to hit. <laughs> no, not quite enough. Okay, I still got the radiant damage in there, so I'm happy with that. Exactly. Alright then, and that one point of radiant damage once again uh, removes the regeneration. Noskalos. Alright, um. Now that you're super speed. No, no, Tracy super Fisher once again. Oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are going to uh, swiftly move our 30 feet to gain those plus three uh, strength dice that I can have. So I've got six that I can use now because it's twice my proficiency modifier. Awesome. Um, and we're going to uh, actually see if we can't go about start thinning out that horde with just massive overwhelming firepower. And with that many of them, they're bound to be in front of each other. So, yep, so uh, I'm thinking that piercing is going to come in handy. So the, they're cobalt, so let's be honest here. What kind of... <laughs> Unfortunately, the fog is going to impart all of my attacks with disadvantage. But I will make do. Um, so first attack. Uh, that is a f- 15... 14 to hit with my hand crossbow. Yep. And by the way, they have five health points, so what's your modifier? My modifier is a plus four, so... Okay, all of them are dead. You hit, they're dead. <laughs> so, uh, for the one behind him with that one bolt, will nice. kill another one. <laughs> and then my uh, bonus action with my two-weapon fighting uh, will kill another one. <laughs> and then my haste action will kill another one. Oh! oh! Four cobalt all get pierced and eradicated and fall within the ice. Friends, that is how we do! <laughs> Hazel, it is your turn. Alright, so I will try to not be grappled again. Alright, DC 18. And once again, I am still grappled. Oh no! <laughs> is it considered an ability check or a saving throw? It's an ability check. Yeah, it is ability check. Acrobatics or athletics. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and your dragon. That is an unnatural 20. Damn. All right. That is nine points a day. All right. We then move on to Dr. Oh, uh, no. Then we move on to her. She is going to, once again, while I fix what ain't broken, uh, bite you, Hazel. Ooh, that might not hit. For some reason, she can't bite you with a 15, correct? Correct. All right, yeah, somehow she misses that bite attack. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but Dr. Stewart, it's your turn. Uh-oh. All right. So would freedom of movement help help escape? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, the target can also spend five feet of movement to automatically escape from non-magical restraints, such as manacles or a creature that has it grappled. There you go. So um, I'll just sneak up there and um, apply freedom of movement to... To Hazel. Okay, and then is that touch range? Uh, yep. Okay. So, Ooh. wow, it's it is an hour duration, but it is not a concentration spell. Yep. Yeah, that is fantastic. Um, so I can still maintain concentration on you. So I'll walk up and boop Miss Hazel, and spiritual weapon will be nine plus five, eight for um, seventeen. Yes, that will hit. Awesome. Um, nine damage. Very awesome. It does count as magical. Yes, and she is starting to get down there, not quite bloody, but pretty darn close. Uh, we then move on to initiative count 20. Two more crossbow javelin things fly at you guys. <laughs> Micah, you hit it every time. Micah gets one, and I uh, hope you're going to get one. Oh, uh, actually, he's got that, that, that now, shield. Now, Hope is still until Hope spins that movement to escape the mm-hmm. grapple. She is still wrapped up by that vampire. Is there a chance they hit the vampire instead? Possibly. We'll see. <laughs> Disadvantage, so you never know what happens on that one. All right, uh, Micah, that will not hit you uh, with a thirteen, and Hope. That won't hit you either with a 16, but uh, that was still a close enough hit. I'm not going to have it hit the vampire. All right. So dodge completely out of the way. Perhaps um, I should instruct these fools on how to fire a bow. They're ogres. Intelligence of, like, negative 12. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how are they breathing? <laughs> All right. The kobolds, once again, move another 30 feet. They are out of your difficult terrain, but they are still uh, about 30 feet away from you. And then, or 35 feet away from you. Uh, the same thing with the two cultists. The two stone giants now are within 10 feet, but they still cannot quite attack. Uh, we then move on to, oh, no, wait. Um, I think actually, because they were 40 feet away last round. And I believe that the stone giants do have a movement speed high enough. Up 40 feet, yep. So they would reach you guys. Who would be considered... I didn't think that was going to happen. Let's see. Front person, Virgil. I'm going to say that that was you, probably. <laughs> so the two stone giants uh, are going to make two great club attacks against you. Okay. Uh, let's see. So one of those will hit with a 20. The second one will not. And then the second giant, neither of those will hit you. Okay. So you shall take, uh, let's see, uh, 22 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, Heavy Armor Master, I reduce that to 19. <laughs> okay. Uh, question, Virgil. Yeah. As far as your current health, is that something that you would rather not happen right now? I'll be fine. I have 60 max HP. Okay. Don't worry, I'll take care of that for you. Uh, we, then, uh, we then move on to Cedric. All right, so we are going... Uh, Cedric's turn. Oh, sorry, Cedric. I'm yeah, like, not a problem. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, Don't you know your students' names? Let's see. I am going to... Sometimes. I'm old. Uh, attack the vampire. 
that's a 22 to hit. Very much or so. 23 to hit. Still so hits. That's, uh, uh, let's see. That's 12 points of, uh, yeah, 12 points of slashing damage, one point of rage damage. Okay. Second attack. That is a 16 to hit. Yes, that hits exactly. Okay. Uh, and that is six points of slashing damage and four points of radiant damage. All right, not too shabby. She is um, now officially below bloody. And then I'm going to uh, turn to the stone giants. And in giant, because I do know giant, uh, I'm going to ask them to aid us in defeating uh, these dragons. Uh, these uh, chromatic dragons and the cultists. Okay, go ahead and um, yeah, give me a persuasion check. Or any kind of charisma that you have. Intimidation, persuasion, whatever. Uh, that is a 13. That is much higher than their 6. So they would definitely stop for a little bit and kind of consult each other. Um, because I know you guys didn't have this inside knowledge, uh, but you guys would know that the giants and the dragons don't necessarily get along the best. So they're going to, they step back at that point um, and kind of consult each other. We then move on to Doskalos. Alright, so we are going to start off with more kachunky chunky crossbows. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear that noise in my head. <laughs> um, that is a 14 to hit. Yep. So that'll be another cobalt down. That will not hit with the uh, the penetration. So, uh... Not one on that, guys. Okay. And two up and fighting bonus action. We'll take down another one. We're going to, once again, drop crossbow. And we're going to fire off another ice storm at them. Hot damn! The cobalts. So I've got one charge left on the Wand of Winter. And let's see, there are, uh, let's see, six, uh, 14 cobalts left. I, can, I, I can't give you that many d20s, Bob. Go ahead and just, I'll tell you how many pass. Uh, cobalts, oh, they actually have a decent deck. I, I know they do, but at the same time, as many of them I can take out as possible. Oh, wait, better. what would be, minute? roll the damage anyway, because they only have five health points, even reduced half. It'll um, yes, yeah, 2d8, bludgeoning would be nine... Yeah. And you <laughs> you kill them all. All sixteen kobolds just eradicated. What about the two cultists? Oh damn! I forgot about them. Uh, well, they don't. I don't think they have shit for health left either because they already took one round of it. Let's see. The cultists. Yeah, cultists would only have five or so health points too. So you eradicated. All of those enemies. It is down to the two stone giants and the um, the, uh, the yeah ogres up top and uh, the vampire. Plus all the shouting and screaming you still hear upstairs. <laughs> well, that takes care of that. All right, Hazel, it is your turn. Okay. Now that I can actually finally do something, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm going to use the, the dragon queen to use one of the uses of the Daylight Spell. Okay. The Daylight Spell, let me get that radius out here. She could have done that even while grapples. 
So it goes. Yep. Did it have it out at that point, though? And yeah, that's kind of true. You would have to try and pull the weapon out and use it um, while grappled. So the daylight spell, then. Uh, third level evocation. 60 foot radius of light. Uh, dim light for an additional 60. Um, and it does count as sunlight, if I remember correctly. Actually, it does not say if it counts as sunlight or not. But still, uh, you know, that, that doesn't make sense. Let me, let me check that real quick. We're going to pause just for two seconds here while I check that out, because I thought the daylight spell counted as sunlight. I thought it does. Jeremy Crawford, okay. Uh, does the daylight spell count as sunlight for the purposes? Okay, no. According to Jeremy Crawford, the daylight spell does not create sunlight. So it is uh, now. If you still want to use it, you can. Um, otherwise, I'm pretty sure you would know that ahead of time. So I'll let you uh, retro that if you would like. Oh. Alright, then I'm probably just gonna attack with it then. Okay, go ahead and then make your attack. Alright. Wow, that does not hit. <laughs> okay. And then for your dragon. That is a nat one. Oh no! Poor dragon clap. Alright. Dragon, that is not how we do! <laughs> that is not how we do. Okay, on to the vampire's turn. Uh, how, how many feet did you move away with the freedom of movement? Did you just uh, step back and then get out of there, or did you just literally get out of the grapple and stand? Uh, I would have backed up so I couldn't have been overranged, like, because there's reach with that, so probably like 10, 15 feet. Okay. Uh, I will go ahead and say then that the vampire is going to attack your dragon. <laughs> Two attacks against your dragon. Oh, damn, neither of those is going to hit. Uh, highest was, oh, that one might actually, uh, 16? Oh, yeah, that hits. Okay, 16 hits. The 9 does not, though, I'm assuming. Correct. Okay. Uh, well, it was a nat 1, but close enough. Okay, so 1d8. So that would be max. So that is uh, 12 points of damage on your dragon, buddy. All right. Uh, we then move on to Dr. Stu. <clears throat> the giants are currently conversing amongst themselves? Correct. They are not being aggressive other than... <laughs> Naturally, they're giant. Women. That doesn't even require like a, an insight to figure that out. It's just you can do an insight check if you want. Um, do you know giant? No. Okay, then go ahead and make an insight check. Uh, just standard. Um, so ten plus uh, proficiency, so eighteen. Eighteen. Right now, it looks like they're having a heated discussion on whether to help or not. But they have lowered their clubs to their sides, so they are not actively. Squishing little folk. So being aggressive against them would definitely turn them back against us, so I will continue focusing on the uh, the vampire. So spiritual weapon attack the star. Um, 8 plus 8, 16. That does hit. Okay. And then, so 8 points of damage. Alright. Um, okay, and then what was I looking at over here? Um, honestly, I think... What is the range for Guiding Bolt? I had that and then I flipped away. You could hit 120 feet. Is yeah. that enough for me to hit the the ogres up top? Ooh. Or are they, are they farther away than that? Let me see what the height of the towers are. Oh, yeah. 
that works on Pythagorean's theorem here. 120 foot tall, the other one is 80 foot tall. So you could hit one of them. Or you could also try to hit the ballista. Daskalos. Such so, which target is most opportune? I'm bad at this. <laughs> it is always best to attack that which is easiest to hit. Wise words. Wise In words. general, the closer you are, the easier it is to hit. It. So the ballista itself, I'm assuming, will have the actually no guiding bolts. Yep, it is a ranged spell attack, so yeah, let's yep. do that. Alright, go ahead and roll right, against so the, the ballista on the right tower. On the right tower, so uh, spell attack, right? Yep. So plus eight. Um, 23 to hit it. Very much hits. And that'll be 46 radiant damage or fire? 46 radiant damage. So, wow, wow. That's 12, 12, 16, 19 radiant damage to the ballista. Okay, it has not yet broken, but it is definitely not looking great. Okay, and then the next attack roll made against this target before the end of my next turn has advantage. Fantastic. Thanks to the mystical dim uh, light glittering on it until then. Fantastic. Uh, we then move on to all of the enemies. Because it is initiative round 20, um, the two stone, go- stone golems first have come to a decision that um, rather than do anything at this point, let's see. Um, oh, no. They uh, have decided that they will go ahead and gladly uh, help you guys. So they are going to each, they say, we'll take out the towers, and boom, 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 begin charging off towards the towers. So as... So Virgil understands that. I'll be good. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Turn and run away. Exactly. So they begin to charge towards the towers. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and say that the the ogres on the tires are gonna, towers are going to be busy taking out those stone giants or whatever, so you won't have to worry about the uh, ballista anymore at this point. Hey, however, they gave them a head start. However, as that happens, you see screeching over the top of the ridge, or coming down, excuse me, the spiral staircase, you see Resmir and her three guard drakes up here. And Resmir, um, I'm not going to take a picture for you guys on uh, the deal, but is a black half-dragon. So she is going to attack you guys. She just got down the spiral staircase and has a movement speed of 30 feet, so she will dash. She will get to you guys in two rounds, basically. Oh, wait, no, it says she arrives at round three, so I'm going to say she came out of the fog and uh, using a dash action got up to you guys, but is not going to be able to attack this round. All right, um, so then we move on to uh, Cedric. All righty, so the big bad is here. Yes, the Uh, big bad just showed up. Uh, The vampire is still in front of you. The stone giants are now your allies. Okay, um... Let's see here. I am going to attack the vampire again. That's a 22 to hit. Very much so. That is seven points of slashing damage. Three points of radiant damage. Okay. Uh, Second attack is a, a 17 to hit. Yes, that hits. And that is 
10 points of slashing and 3 points of radiant. She is definitely not looking good at this point. And once again, that radiant damage negates that regeneration. Doskalos. Feel the crossbow that's at my feet. Um, so haste doubles my movement speed. So I've got 60 feet of movement. Is there any chance that I could line up a shot that would catch both the vampire and the half-dragon? Um, yeah, I would... S- well, what's the range on it? Does um, it say, or is it just the range of your weapon normally? It is just my normal weapon range, and I don't suffer disadvantage on ranged attack rolls. Oh, no, that's for... Never mind, that's for within being five feet of a... Um, but the range on a hand crossbow is 30 feet up to 120. Yeah. And I'm already rolling at this advantage anyway, so... Yeah, I could say you could line that up. All right, so I'll maneuver around and line up a shot, uh, probably trying to catch the vampire first. Okay. Mm, that will not hit. The The penetration shot towards the half-dragon. Um, that is a 17 to hit the half-dragon. Yes, that will definitely hit. And that will be... Good show, sir. Uh, we are also we're going to utilize uh, one of my straight features. I'm going to roll three of my uh, B4s to add that damage. Okay. That's a good thing I did. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 damage to the half dragon. All right. 13. All right. And uh, my uh, two-weapon fighting attack at the vampire. Oh, now what? Oh, no. <clears throat> and we'll take my haste attack at... Well, I'll just keep whittling away at the vampire. That is a uh, 14 to hit. Yes, for... Oh, no, excuse me. 14 will not. Just got done writing down the... ACs for the other creatures. Okay, uh, so we then move on to Hazel. I'm going to mount on my dragon at this point now, and uh, I'm going to continue to use the spear. Okay. Oh, sorry, the message thing, I was confused. No, you're fine. My bad. (laughs) Alright, so then I'm going to try to attack her once again. That's a 19. 19 hits. Okay, I'm doing something. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. It's only four points of damage. Okay, but still, it's magical damage, so yay! I actually hit for once. This is awesome. Now let's see if my dragon can do the same. Alright, that is a 16. 16 does hit exactly. Alright. That is 15 points of slashing damage. Alright, uh, we then move on to the vampire. The vampire is going to continue to attack your dragon with two more strikes. Uh, one of those will hit uh, with a 12 plus 9. The other one is an 11. Does that hit? No, it does not. Okay, so your dragon then only takes six points of slashing damage from that. Alright. Okay, we then move on to Dr. Stu. Dr. Stu. <clears throat> a very interesting turn of events. Dr. Who? 
That's Doctor Hoot to you. <laughs> um, the uh, black half dragon that has moved in with the three drakes, are they all they together? Or because you know, she took a dash action to get out, are they farther behind? No, they would all be right behind your like loyal guard dogs. Only okay. dragon um, dogs. And are, would you say that they are all within uh, 30 feet of one another? Yes, they would be. Alright, I'm going to start off with casting Spirit Guardians, third level spell. I'm going to cast it at fourth level, which will end my fourth level spells for the day. <clears throat> So, uh, I'm going to call forth some spirits to protect us. Uh, they flit around uh, you to... Oh, it's oh, it's me. Sorry. Yeah, target of self. Um, how far away are they? They would still be... Oh, no, they would have just gotten to you guys with the dash action. So, however far away you are from the vampire and um, Virgil, basically. Okay, and we're all kind of like focusing on the vampire, so we're all... Yeah. Would that 15-foot radius be enough to catch them, or would I have to adjust, would you say? No, I would say you would probably be able to catch at least the lead person, at least the um, Resmir in the front, um, because you had to touch Hope, and Hope was in within five feet of the... Um, uh, the vampire, so they would probably be within two squares of that, yes. Okay, so I'm going to... We'll start off... So when you cast the spell, you can designate any number of creatures you can see to be unaffected by it. So I'd like to uh, the the stone giants in case they well, no they're running off the other direction. Yep. Uh, but our party will be immune to this. Um, an affected creature's speed is halved in the area, and when the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn or it starts their turn there, it must make a wisdom save. On a failed save, they take three to eight radiant damage. On a successful save, they take half as much. I'm casting it at fourth level, which will bump that damage up to. Uh, 48. Okay. So, uh, let's go ahead and do that. And so, I'll definitely catch the vampire, and then whichever of the cleric and her drake allies you deem fit will make the wisdom saves versus a 15. Alright, I'm going to say you can just catch the two, the vampire. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's a 16 now, because it's plus your proficiency. Correct, yes. That didn't go up. Oh, and actually, both are going to... Well, let me see. Um, the one definitely passes, the other one does not. So, uh, Resmir does take the damage, um, uh, the vampire so passed. 48 radiant damage. Um, so 15, 20, 23 for anyone who failed. Okay. And 11 for anyone who made the save. Okay. So she still takes that radiant, which negates out the, uh, well, I guess it would have, well, Virgil would have negated it next round, but yeah. Uh, and she's oh, almost ooh. dead. I'm sorry. That's concentration, so that's going to drop haste on you. Oh, what a shame. But <laughs> but it's spread damage yeah. across the whole group. No, I, I feel yeah. like that's actually, now that we're all clumped together. Um, so yeah, you I'm, have, I'm, I'm losing I'm losing a little bit of movement speed in one attack. And yeah. at least now, since the, the giants are focusing on those towers, we don't have to worry about them firing into us anymore. And right now, Daskalos' kill count is like... 30 freaking people, so I think you can slow down a little bit. And I'm nowhere near anybody right now, so they'll have to move quite a ways to get to me. And I'll make the spiritual weapon attack against the vampire with a 16. Yes, 16 will hit. That's hit before, so that'll be 10. All right. Down to single digits on the vampire. (laughs) We then move on to Cedric. All right. Uh, How's that vampire looking? Single digits. Okay. Uh, I'll try and finish off this vampire. Uh, first attack. That is a 13, so that will not hit. Uh, second attack. Uh, that is a 16 to hit. That will hit. 
And so that is uh, 13 points of slashing damage and 2 points of radiant damage. Alright, you were one point off, but I'm going to call out enough to take out the vampire. So I made a mistake. Yeah. The, the spirit guardians is when they start their turn there or when they enter it for the first time. So those rolls that we made, that I made for the damage, the 48, those will apply to them when they activate. Gotcha. My bad. Not a problem. Which would happen... It still happened before the vampire can actually attack. Yep. So for all intents and purposes, the vampire is still there. However, comma, the vampire will be dead in just a moment. So, uh, Cedric, second attack. Oh, that was your second attack, wasn't it? That was my second. So then, uh, let's see, we have now Resmir. Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. Um... And she is a half-dragon, correct? Correct. Correct. I'm just going to hold my turn, or that'll just be the, and I'll turn and face towards Resmir and kind of get up in her face, uh, and that'll be my turn. Okay, you get up in her face. We will then uh, pick up with Gosclos. Okay, um, I'm going to move my 30 feet necessary to uh, regain those three expended strafe dice. Which I believe I'm, I'm actually very much coming to probably enjoy this feature. And we are going to, uh, ka-chunkity tonk chunk tonk at uh, Resmir and her drakes. Okay. So, at her. Oh, no. You go to dice scale, too. <laughs> uh, the, uh, against the drake. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. You are dark knighting it right now. Uh, my uh, two-weapon fighting attack. Well, at least it wasn't a one, right? <laughs> but I doubt a 13 hits. 13 does not, no. And that's uh, that's all I can do. <laughs> Blast the scratches, fog! You, there's enough bodies laying around that you trip and stumble over a couple, you know, running around as quick as you are. Hazel, we move on to you. Alright, is there anyone standing in between me and Resmir? No, not anymore. Well, technically the vampire is still there. Well, you moved 15 feet, so you'd be alright. Alright, then... Uh, oh, no, wait, Virgil, yeah, you got up into Resmir's face, didn't you? Yeah. Aww. You could probably move, like, 30 feet. If you reduce your movement speed to move to the side, you could probably do a cone. I'm assuming you're going to do a cone attack. Yeah, and I'm on my dragon, so my movement speed is 40. Oh, shit, and I yeah. Have, and I have resistance to the elemental damage, so I'll be okay. <laughs> Take sure. a page from Vascular's well, book and learn to strafe. <laughs> That was my dragon, so I was just trying to figure that out. Okay, Motion so not only makes it harder for you to be hit, but positions you in a better spot to hit others. <laughs> be nimble on your feet is my word of advice for the day. Yes, Noskalos is teaching us how to hit on others. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> okay, sorry, help off topic. Go ahead. <laughs> Alright, so then... Hazel is going to use her longbow, and that is not going to hit. <laughs> that was a three. Okay. And then uh, my dragon is going to use its breath weapon, so I need a dexterity saving throw. All right. 
the two drakes failed with a two and a four, and Resmere failed with a three. All right. Hold on, I need more D8s. I should have been thinking ahead. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I need six of them. Nice. <laughs> All right, that is 28 acid damage. Holy cow. Okay, yeah, that drops all of them below bloody. It was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Goodness gracious. Alright. And they are all within two health points of each other now. Crazy. Okay, um, we then move on to uh, Dr. Stu, because they were they act on initiative count 20. Oh, they do? They do, yes, so you would be next. Alrighty. Um, so oh, the vampire at this point would have had the guardians thing and did its thing, and, and then yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so I will go ahead and move from where I was fighting the vampire. Um, I'll go ahead and move. Is there a space for me to get right up on Resmir also? Yep, you um, can sidle right up there next to us, Cedric. All three of us there. So I will mosey on up and twenty feet of movement for my spiritual weapon. Is that enough for it to also? make its way around. Yes, it would have moved within 10 or 15. Okay, so we'll do that one first. I keep rolling 8, so uh, 16 to hit. That will hit. And um, 4 plus 5 for 9, radiant damage to Resmir. Alright. And then I myself, I feel like I'm concentrating Spirit Guardians. I love that Spiritual Weapon does not require concentration. That is fantastic for me. Yeah. Um... Honestly, I think I don't want to burn any more spells unless I have to, and I feel like we're doing very well, so I'll just go ahead and make a melee attack myself. Okay. I still have this plus four, for, uh, D4 from Hope from earlier. That's for damage. Oh, that's for damage. Oh. Uh, the D4? Yes. Yeah, that is to the attack roll. Oh, is it? Okay, so right. I will go ahead and use that. Um, so that'll be 11, 15 plus my five. Yep, 15 would hit anyway. Yep. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So a d6 plus a d8 plus 2. All right, so the d6 is a 3 plus 2, so 5 physical damage. All and right. 6 uh, necrotic. Okay. In case she has resistance to that. Yeah. Since she's um, a black dragon. She seems very clarity. Oh, right she now. does not, but she would have a resistance to the acid, Hope. Uh, so let me take some of that back. Sorry. Oh, crap. So, yep, that was my move, my attack, and my spiritual weapon, so I pass. Okay. Uh, I we... feel like one, you know, a, a point to be made about Divine Strike, it says that it's necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they chose that for a particular reason, but I kind of feel like that should be damage based on your alignment. I think it's I think it's necrotic based on the time domain, and necrotic is, is kind of, you know, decay that would happen yeah. as a result of, of just the natural well, decay caused by time. And mm-hmm. Divine Strike applies... Actually, no, I haven't read that many, so I wonder if there are some that have radiant damage or other types of damage with Divine Strike. Possibly. I would have to look. I think the Forge Cleric does fire, but I but that don't would make remember. Sense. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Resmir, on the end of your turn, is actually going to make a melee attack against you as a legendary action before the beginning of her turn. Who's, who's that against? Uh, Resmir is going to make an attack because you went into melee, didn't you? Oh, I did. Yeah, you did. So we're going to make one attack against you. Making friends. Influence. Yeah. Um, as a legendary action, 
And that will definitely hit um, with a plus nine on top of that nine with an 18. Oh, that's exactly what we need. Oh, okay. Crazy. Um, so you will take... Uh, oh, uh, she's at... Oh, so legendary action... As far as the Spirit Guardians goes, it's whenever they start their turn. Legendary action doesn't count as their turn. No, it hand. does not. Yep. So uh, that would be a uh, 11 plus 6, so that would be uh, 17 points of slashing damage plus... Oh my lord. 11 points of necrotic damage, and I need... Uh, it can't regain hit points for one minute, and I need a D, and uh, the target can make a DC 15 con save to end that effect at the end of each of their turns. Okay, keep all of that in mind. Write that down. Yes. Because I feel this is a good time to use my channel divinity for damage flux. I will warp the way time flows around me, delaying harmful effects and inflicting them on me at a later version of myself. Uh, when a source would deal damage to you or a creature I can see within 30 feet, I can use my reaction and channel divinity to negate that damage. When you prevent that damage this way, that damage is dealt to the creature a number of rounds later at the start of that creature's turn. The number equals half your wisdom modifier rounded up. Okay. So, and once you use this, this feature, you can't use it again until you take the damage that was delayed by it. So, I'll start a round counter right here for flux. So, all of that damage, did you yep. have it tallied up for how much it was? Uh, it was 11 necrotic, and um, it was uh, 11 plus 6, so 17 slashing. So, so, oh, so 28 damage total. Yep. And I don't have any resistances to those... Yep, and the 11... Oh, never mind. Uh, it would just be you couldn't regain hit points for one minute, but if you're stopping that yep. effect... Shutting then, that down, yep. so that'll give me the chance to actually heal back up. <clears throat> so, flux, so... And that is... Let's see here. Prevent the damage of the damage number of rounds later at the start of that creature's turn. So it says three rounds later at that creature's turn. Since this is a legendary action... You can still stop it because it's as a reaction to right. something happening. So it would be at the end of... So it would be initiative count 20. The beginning of her turn, Okay, this would all start up again. Okay, so do we count this round as one? Yeah, we probably should count this round as one. Yep, and then it is her turn. So, uh, then the Gosh, Spirit Guardian... legendary and then she goes? Yes. Wow! She can use a legendary reaction whenever. I just hadn't... Oh. Yeah. So then, um, go ahead and uh, do the Spirit Guardian. Oh, it's a saving throw at the beginning of the turn, isn't it? Uh, yep. Uh, that one might actually pass. 15. Okay. Well, it'll be... F I cast it at 4th level, so it's 48 regardless. Um, holy none... Nothing less than a six. Six, twelve, plus seven, nineteen, twenty-seven. And did the wisdom save pass with a fifteen? Um, no. My spell She's going to legendary resistance that. My job is to burn passive abilities. Exactly. <laughs> so she'll take half that damage. So what yep. was it? 12? So it was what, twelve, twenty-seven. So half that would be fourteen. Okay. No, thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. What am I doing? Damn math. Get her, boys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then it is her turn. She is going to make a big old inhalation of breath and breathe out. Oh, God. Yep. She's going to catch... Um, let's make this official. Definitely you, Mike. Oh, yeah. And either Virgil <laughs> or Micah. I've got to come. Actually, we're, I'm like... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the group. It's a line. I guess, okay, um, since it's a line, a, each creature in a 
30 foot line. Um, definitely Mike would be who it would turn at. Hope you're on one side. Virgil, you're next to Mike. And Micah, where would you have been? Kind of been behind or? I would have been like, uh, the last shot I took was at a point where I could catch both the vampire and no, actually, I've moved since then, so I would probably be like probably almost at a forty-five degree angle between Mike and Virgil. Okay, then we'll go ahead and just leave that. She's going to go ahead and just do the same attack thing again. Um, so she'll swing her great sword at Mike once again, mm-hmm. and that will hit fifteen plus nine. Mm-hmm. So you will take uh, thirteen points of slashing damage. And 11 points of necrotic damage. 13 and 11? Is it 24? Correct. And actually, you know, once per turn, I can add an extra 3d6. So that's 10 plus 3. That's 13 additional damage when I hit with an attack. (laughs) Here's the good news. I'm already down for when I take the damage from the first ability. You said 24 plus 13, right? Mm -hmm. That is 37, and I have 36 hit points. Okay. So I will go to zero, and that will end Spirit Guardians. Well, once it ends, though, how many rounds does it last for? Um, It's concentration up to 10 minutes. But is it all damage up to... No, the ability. Is it that one attack, or is it... If the flux is just that one attack. And okay, I, gotcha. And I can't use flux again until I've taken the damage. So you can't just go three rounds of, like, no damage, no damage, no damage. Gotcha. the account, yeah, so... I know I, Virgil's Chronomancer in our homebrew game could do something like that. Okay. But that was super broken anyway. I'm looking to see if there's anything that I could possibly do to, like, shimmy my way out of this. Um... Uh, damage flux and nope, I really have no other outs um, unless is Micah right off the top of your head. Is there a reaction? Nope, because I've already and I forgot to my reaction the first time because she's doing all this before my next turn. So yeah, I will be at zero. Okay, and I forgot the guard drakes. So one of them is going to attack uh, the dragon that Hope is on. The other one is going to attack Virgil. Uh, and they make two attacks. Would they all have activated at the same time? Oh, yeah, they would have. They would have been... uh, Yeah, because they would have had to move into it to attack. So go ahead with the Spirit Guardians thing. Try to get as much damage as I can before I drop. Oh, what was the original damage? It was 27. 27? 27. 27. And a wisdom save was 16. Both of them failed, so they are down to single digits. I feel like I've done my part. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh... Let's see, and then uh, the attacks, two of them, one against um, Virgil, or two attacks against Virgil. Uh, so that one of those is a crit. Uh, the other one is a nine plus five for an 11, so the crit will hit, definitely. Nine plus five is 14, Bob. Huh? Nine plus five is 14. Thank you. <laughs> 14. Um, was that a nine? Oh, yes. I was thinking, never mind. Okay, um, and then that is 10 points of piercing damage, Virgil. Okay. And then Hope's Dragon, two attacks again. Uh, let's see. One of those will hit uh, with an 18. The other one is an 11. So you will take Hope, or your dragon will take uh, only seven points of piercing damage. And then we move on to Cedric. Alrighty. Um, what's uh, an action? I want to... Can someone get Mike up, or do you want me to do that? 
Honestly, uh, I think if, if, even if we get Mike up, he's going to take that flux damage and drop again. <laughs> so <laughs> I think wait true. like three turns until then. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're playing Sentinels of the Multiverse. We know this is going to happen here, so let's make sure to do Or like last night when we were... Let's go ahead and fail that mission, because I'd rather fail it than try to succeed it and lose more points. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Cedric, what would you like to do? Alrighty then. If that's the case... I, th- I think we're then... in a situation where just finishing off our enemy right now is probably the quickest and easiest means of going about things. I would recommend that because, I mean, if we're if we're going super meta about it, in two more activations of Resmir, I'm going to take 28 damage. So, like, if we Resmir, I mean, technically, you could Resmir at zero. I could pop a heal on myself and maybe have enough to take that, or I just waste healing to die anyway. You know? So, okay. Uh, though freedom of movement. Now, when when concentration and things that are channeled and whatnot. They go away when I drop. My freedom of movement on hope, does it also it go away? It should still be okay, I think. Because it had w- flat one hour duration. It I don't know that it'll out. really come into play, but yeah, I, I, wanna, I think I it should still be okay. 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 Yeah. Well, help the rest of the group. I'm going to use my action and use my channel divinity, Draconic Threat. So I need all the creatures that can un- that are reptile, draconic, or understand draconic to make a charisma saving throw unless they're immune to fear. Ooh. Um. That would include the dragon that yes. Hope is riding on. It would. Um, Resmir is uh, immune, but the guard drakes are not. Oh, Resmir is immune to fear. Yes. Never mind then. Okay. Um. So that won't do much. Okay then. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try and do something fun. I'm going to use my Radiant Soul ability as my racial. Um, so, going out of that, let's see, as an action, uh, unleash the divine energy within myself, cause my eyes to glimmer and two luminous incorporeal wings to sprout. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I now have a flying speed of 30 feet, and once on each of my turns, I do extra radiant damage to a target equal to, uh, well, when I deal an attack or a spell, uh, equal to my level. Nice. So, I'm gonna activate that, and then as a bonus action, I am going to cast Shield of Faith on myself. Okay. So, I have that going on. And I'm just gonna stare down Resmir. Alrighty, that is my turn. End of your turn. Legendary action, Virgil. She swings at you. Okay. That was a crit. Oh no. Okay. All right. So that is. Uh, so that is 15 plus six. So that is 21 slashing damage. And. 18 necrotic damage, and you cannot regain... I am resistant. Okay, so then only 9 of those, but you still can't regain hit points until uh, for 1 minute, unless you pass the uh, DC 15 con at the end of your turn. Okay. Okay, uh, we then move on to Daskalos. Let me interject real quick again, I'm sorry. For that 13, the the necrotic damage that I took before, um, from that massive, what took me out, uh, it applied the you can't regain health 
For one minute, correct. For one minute. So if I do make my three saves, I still won't be able to be brought up above zero while I... Your three saves saves will only stabilize you anyway. Yeah. It's only if you roll a natural 20 that you're brought back. But what I'm saying, even if I stabilize at zero, I'll still be under that effect. For for a minute. Correct. Won't be able to. I didn't know if, like, when you actually drop, if the effect falls off or if it stays on you for the time being. I think it stays on. It doesn't say for sure, but I think it does, but we'll go with it for right now. Okay, wait, wait, no. The amount of the necrotic damage, you can't gain health past that, right? No. For this, it's just you can't regain hit points for one minute until you pass a DC 15 con save at the end of your turn. Okay. Whereas Hope was hit with an effect that her maximum hit points were reduced by the number of necrotic, or the amount of necrotic okay. damage she took. Yeah, yeah. Two, two different creatures. Okay. Vampires have the one, Resmir has the other. Okay. Alright, go My ahead. My apologies. No, you're fine. Alright. Blast this accursed fog! It is the brain of my existence! And curse you... You draconic whore! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bob, a 23 hit Resmir. Will do. I'm going to use all six of my strafe dice that I have. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, Ooh, that's a six. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen damage to Resmir. Still standing? That's fine. Um, the piercing attack to one of her drakes. Um, I doubt a 10 hits. No, it does not. That would have sucked because that would have dealt 13 points to the drake, too. Oh, shit. Um, our two-weapon fighting uh, bonus action attack of pain against Resmir. Why don't I have the lucky for <laughs> Actually, that would um, will not hit. And then I will... Uh, move my 30 feet to get three of those strafe dice back. Okay. Right before Hazel attacks, another legendary action on Hazel this time. Hazel attacking your dragon. Uh, That is a 19 to hit. Does that hit? Yes. I know it doesn't matter much, but I forgot to have my bonus damage. Which would be, uh, or my my modifier damage, which would have been plus four damage. (laughs) She's dead! (laughs) (laughs) That was just my three dice roll. I watched you (laughs) count it all up, and you threw the number out there, and I was just like, is it? I I forgot to have my modifier. (laughs) Resmir goes down, then. We are just with the two guard drinks. And Hazel, (laughs) it is your turn. (laughs) Wow. Bum, bum, bum. Goodness. The shortest distance between a bow and a target? (laughs) My arrow. Alright, the guard drakes have not ran away yet. They're both at single digits. I will let you guys finish them off however you would like. Alright, I'll take a shot at one of them. Alright. That is a natural 20. Yep. Was that with, was that with disadvantage or was that with a melee attack? Yeah, no, that was ranged. Oh. Ranged is because we have all this fog around, all ranged attacks are a disadvantage. Oh, thank you. Yep. That's even higher, so we're still good. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> okay, what's the damage? If it's more than seven, it goes down. It is down. <laughs> One guard drake is down. There is a single dragon puppy left. Alright, my dragon is going to try. Uh, will an eight hit? Eight will not, no, unfortunately. Alright, then someone else can finish off the last one. Stew, death save. Alright, and I'm looking for an eleven, right? Uh, ten or ten higher. 
that's 14, so one success. All right. Cedric. Uh, I will attack the guard, Drake. It's a 23 to hit. Yep. Uh, it's dead. My modifier is plus 13 at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the last guard drake goes down. All you hear is random grunting and growling and giant, which Virgil, you speak, so you hear, This is Pardast! And an ogre goes flying <laughs> off the tower, hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, okay, I avoided the ogre. <laughs> you avoided the ogre. Next save, yeah. Uh, eventually, the entire courtyard goes silent, and uh, everything slowly works its way out after you guys go through this entire area. You learn that the giant that is in control of this castle was basically just doing so because... Why not? You know, he didn't have anything else important going on. But he eventually, you guys are able to convince him to break way with the uh, cult of the dragon and get out of here. You, at, least we, at least we didn't convince him to break wind. <laughs> I thought that's what you were doing. <laughs> you guys are able to loot off of the bodies of everybody. A, uh, let's see here. We'll divide out the loot before we end. Uh, you guys loot off of Resmir the Black Dragon Mask. Oh, I thought I was going to say Black Razor. Yes, Black Razor. No, I learned my lesson, kind of, sort of. We've played that game. Exactly, but the Black Dragon Mask is a legendary item. Uh, it allows you to uh, gain uh, acid resistance. If you already have resistance from another source, you are immune. It allows you to, while you are wearing no armor, you can add your charisma modifier to your AC. You have a breath weapon uh, that recharges on a six. It's the same Dragon Breath ability. You have uh, 60 feet dark sight or an additional 60 feet. And once per day, you can gain blind sight out to a range of 30 feet. You can speak Draconic and you have advantage on charisma checks against black dragons. You gain one legendary resistance per day and you can breathe underwater. And you also gain the legendary sword, great sword, which I'm going to mispronounce again. Uh, Hazron, I believe, or Hazrin. Um, it is a sentient, neutral, evil great sword. It is capable of speech in common and netherese. If you aren't attuned, you gain a plus one to attack and damage rolls. Uh, but if you are attuned, um, you gain a plus two to hit, plus an extra 2d6 necrotic damage on uh, attacks. You can cast detect magic, detect good and evil, and detect thoughts from the sword. Uh, it has four charges on it. And wounding. While you are attuned, any creature hit with the sword cannot regain hit points for one minute. So, yeah. Um, and what, also. What kind of a sword was that? A uh, great sword. A great sword. Virgil, is that something that your. <laughs> Dick Paladins can use. Um, yeah, I can use two handed. I'll lose my shield, but honestly, if I put like shield in the face, or eventually I'm going to have like crazy resistance. I'll probably just drop the shield and go for damage at some point. Oh, and then I can just, I can haste you and... What's Virgil's alignment? And you'll gain an additional attack. Virgil, you're lawful good, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The sword doesn't say, yep. it's just the uh, weapon hates you. And I'm sure vice versa. Yeah. Alright. We will go ahead then. I'm going to roll the loot real quick for it. You guys are also going to gain 456 gold pieces. There's a lot more than that, but I'm going to say you didn't have time to stuff all the gold in your pouches before so you guys had to get out of there. That would be 114 per person. No, everybody gets 400. Oh, everybody gets yep, 400. Everybody gets that amount. Wow. All right. 
What was yeah. that about me not being able to buy you that armor? <laughs> so the black dragon mask and the sword were the two loot items that we got. Yeah, someone's correct. Silver okay. arrows, <laughs> yeah, or crossbow bolts. Close it up. All right, then, guys. Thank you very much. When we pick up next week, we will be uh, within the next book, uh, Rise of Tiamat. So we will go ahead and call it from here. Go ahead and say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> yeah. Before we completely close up this session, I would just like to give a giant thank you to our two new Patreon members. So thank you very much, Keith Lewis and Jason Berryhill. I would just like to say thank you guys uh, for your contribution to the show. They both joined the $2 mark, which means they can take part in not only the homebrew review, but also in the chaos plan. So we hopefully will be hearing from them very soon here. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska for all of your gaming needs. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week.